0: Welcome to the Old Time Radio Superman Show. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, adam at adamsweb.us, and be sure and rate the show on iTunes. Also, if you love great superhero stories, I encourage you to pick up Powerhouse's Heroic Adventures Bundle. It's available as an e-book or an audiobook through audible.com or the iTunes store. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Superman, the original air date, July the 29th, 1948. And this is The Secret of the Genie, Part
1: 1. The following is transcribed.
0: Faster than a speeding
1: bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men... And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, with Superman out of the Daily Planet office, something so amazing happens to Cub reporter Jimmy Olsen that he calls on copyboy Beanie Martin to vouch for his sanity.
2: Pinch me, will you, Beanie? Pinch you? Yeah, go on, pinch my arm hard. But... But what for, Jim? Never mind. It's important. Okay. Glad to apply. Ow. Yep. I'm awake already. Right? Sure you are. And that means I didn't dream it. No, Look, I... what's
1: eating you, Jim?
2: You wouldn't believe it, Beanie. Nobody would. Huh? I saw it with my own eyes and... and I heard it with my own ears. But I still can't believe it. it... It's impossible. <laughs>
0: Here's a little story, gang, that's almost guaranteed to make you laugh. I know it panicked me when I first heard it. It's a story about a tea that was given in New York recently to honor a visiting Chinese scholar. The committee that arranged the party, assuming that the foreign scholar would be unable to speak English, was somewhat disturbed until one of them remembered a prominent American author who had written many articles about Chinatown. As a matter of fact, one man said, I've heard him rattle off Chinese as if it were his mother tongue. So the author was invited to the tea and as soon as the visiting scholar appeared, they were introduced. All the guests at the party gathered round to watch with interest as the American bowed, then rattled off everything he had learned in his contact with Chinatown residents. The Chinese listened politely. He even registered great interest in what the author was saying. When the American had finished speaking, the scholar bowed gravely. Then in perfect English, he said, I am grateful for your attempt to make me feel at home by speaking to me in my native tongue. Of course, everyone was astounded to hear him say that but they were shocked and very much amused when, asked what the American author had said to him, he smiled and answered, As nearly as I can translate his speech, it went like this. Good morning. How are you? I am well, thank you. Some babe, huh? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Lobster Canton style, please. Thank you. Goodbye. Happy New York. Down the hatch. Well, of course, everyone had a good laugh. And no wonder, because it was funny. But it also taught a lesson, which we'll discuss a little later in this program. So keep listening.
1: And now, the adventures of Superman! For almost a full day, it has been unusually calm at the Metropolis Daily Planet. But as we shall see, it has been the calm which precedes a storm. <laughs> Superman and his guise of reporter Clark Kent has left his office, and cub reporter Jimmy Olsen is tilted back in Kent's chair, his feet on the desk, when the door opens and Beanie Martin, the copy boy, appears.
2: Hello, Beanie. Uh, what can I do for you, young man? Don't oh, give me that big shot routine, Jim Olsen, and you better get your feet off Mr. Kent's desk before he comes in here and catches you. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Kent back? <laughs> boy, did you get your feet down in a hurry? <laughs> oh. Afraid of getting caught in here, huh? Well, not at all. As a matter of fact, Mr. Ken asked me to wait here till he got back. He's expecting an important phone call. Now, uh, what was it you wanted to see me about? I don't want to see you about nothing. A guy named Abdul does. Abdul? Who's he? Search me. He looks as if he's one of them Rogers or... Pasha's or something. What? And is he a character? He's got a long, curly beard and a towel wrapped around his head, and he's wearing earrings. Jeepers. What does he want to see me about? Well, I asked him, but he wouldn't tell me. He said it was personal and very important. Gee, maybe he's got a big story for me. For you? Of course. Show him in, Beanie. Okay, but listen, Jim... I saw a guy like that in a movie once. He turned out to be a murderer. He had a knife hidden and a towel on his head. Oh, why don't you grow up, Beanie? Go on, show Mr. Abdul in. Okay, but remember, I warned you. Uh, take a chair, Mr. Abdul. Thank you, Sahib.
3: You are James Olsen, are you not?
2: That's right. Well, what can I do for you?
3: I bear a message for you, Sahib, and a great gift from my master.
2: Huh? A great gift?
3: Yes. My master wishes me to say that he will remain forever grateful to you, even into the hereafter. And he apologizes that he has not until now been able to make a suitable display of his gratitude. He begs that you will forgive him. Uh,
2: Look, I I don't get this. Who is this master you're talking about, and what's he grateful to me for?
3: My master, Sahib, is the great Sheikh... Faisal living vessel Who? Surely you remember, Sahib, how once in the desert, far from Morocco, when my master was about to be put to death by the Nazi band of Van Blumberg, you saved
2: his life. Oh, oh, yeah, now I remember him. Oh, but look, you've got it all wrong. I didn't save the sheik's life. Superman did.
3: My master said nothing of one called Superman. Well,
2: Superman did it, though. I happen to be with him, Please, but... Please,
3: Sahib. Such modesty is seemly in a young gentleman of your character. But my master feels himself indebted to you and to no other.
2: But listen, And
3: I... so I have come to you with his message of gratitude and esteem. And with this great gift.
2: She whiz.
3: This gold key will unlock the box I set on your desk. Open it, please.
2: Oh, but look, Mr. Abdul, I can't accept it. You
3: would insult my noble master?
2: Well... Well, no, of course not. Then
3: open the box, pray, and accept your gift.
2: Well, what's in the box?
3: That for which the greatest king would gladly give his entire kingdom to possess, but which is now yours alone.
2: Collie, what is it?
3: Open the box, and you will see.
2: Well, okay, I guess there's no harm in looking. Why? Why, it's just a little statue. A little man with tiny horns on his head and the body of a sheep.
3: That is a ram, Sahib, not a sheep.
2: Oh, yeah, a ram. (laughs) It's cute, isn't it?
3: You believe it to be a worthless trifle, is that not so? No,
2: you got me wrong, Abdul. This is grand, really.
3: What if I told you the figure you hold in your hand can bring you all the gold you desire? Huh? That you need only speak to it as I shall instruct. And it will grant your dearest wish.
2: My... my dearest wish?
3: Not once, but as many times as you ask.
2: Oh, look, Abdul, I don't know who put you up to this gag on me, but you can tell him it works well. I really thought there was going to be something in the box, but now... But, I... Sahib, hear me. I speak through. Okay, joke's over, brother, so skip the corny accent and forget it, huh?
3: Your words are strange, but your manner is clear. I can see you do not believe me. That's
2: the general idea.
3: Will you do my noble master the courtesy to make a test of Shushaya, Sahib?
2: Give me that again.
3: Make a single test of the genie Shushaya. Judge then whether I have come thousands of miles simply to make a stupid jest.
2: Test him, huh? Okay, Uh, Shushaya, I wish for a million dollars. Come across with it, Prano.
3: You do not understand, Sahib, also. Shushaya will help you to help yourself. In other words, he will create the opportunities for you to capitalize upon.
2: Oh, you mean if I wish for money, he'll give me a printing press, huh?
3: (laughs) No, no. How can I explain? Ah, yes. Tell me... What do you wish to be more than anything else in the world?
2: (laughs) You know, Abdul, you put on a good act, so I'll play along with you for the last. What do I want to be? hmm? Yes. Well, that's easy. The greatest reporter in the country. The guy who digs up stories no other reporter can. Not even Mr. Kent.
3: A great reporter. Hmm. Stories. Yes, I am quite sure Shushaya will help you in that.
2: Oh, he'll cooperate, huh?
3: I am sure he will. Now hear me. At precisely six o'clock. And on any other day at the same hour, you need only sit here, where you sit now, where Shushaya has come into your hands. Make, then, such a request as we have discussed, and he will grant it.
2: Uh, Okay, pal, and thanks a lot. Drop in again sometime.
3: Please, Sahib Burson, you must believe I speak truth. I implore you, Sahib, only to make the test with Shushaya at six o'clock today. I ask no more for my master.
2: Okay, okay.
3: Very well. I'll leave now with your gracious permission. Yes, so long. Only one thing more must you remember. Discuss this with no one. Now, farewell, Sahid. Farewell.
2: How do you like that guy expecting me to fall for a gag like that? Funny, though, Kind of felt as if he didn't mean it. <laughs> six o'clock. My watch is a little slow. <laughs> well, Shusaya, it's six p.m. Monday. Time for you to do your stuff. <laughs> well, I'm waiting, kiddo. What's holding you up? I wonder who put that guy up to this gag. Slain, maybe, or Tony Sloane. No, I don't think that. What? The... Hey, hey, this genie's shaking like crazy. What what goes
1: on here? Amazed, Jimmy Olsen stares at the little figure of the genie on Clark Kent's desk, which suddenly, as the hour of six struck, began shaking as if it were alive. What can this mean? We'll be back in a moment for the startling climax of today's episode. So keep listening.
0: gang, that little story we told you at the beginning of the program certainly showed that we shouldn't jump to conclusions about people. It just doesn't work. Because what people are and do is very much the result of the places they've lived in, the education they've had, and the kind of experiences they've gone through. For instance, a Chinese boy brought up in America speaks perfect English, each with a knife and fork, and most likely has a crew cut. On the other hand, an American boy brought up in China might speak perfect Chinese, eat with chopsticks, wear his hair long and not speak English as well as Chinese. You see, you aren't born speaking a certain language or eating with a knife and fork or knowing that two and two makes four. Somebody had to teach you these things. You learn them by watching the people around you and learning from them. Well, it's the same with kids all over the world. If you had been born in a different land, you would talk and act just like the people there do and not at all like an American. That's why it's so silly to hear someone say that he was born better than another person because of his nationality or race or religion. That's just a lot of hogwash and has absolutely nothing to do with the facts. Supposing that the fellow who thinks he was born better is well-educated, lives in a fancy house and has nice clothes. So what? All that proves is that he was lucky enough to get the brakes. So, gang, next time you hear the born-better talk going around, squash it you know the real facts. Spread them around. Tell them to others. It'll go a long way toward helping to make this a better world to live in.
1: And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Alone in Park Kent's office was a little figure of the genie which his strange visitor had called Shushaya. Jimmy examined it closely, but could find no trace of a mechanism which would account for its movement.
2: Oh, that's funny. What made it shake like that? Just as the clock struck six, too. Well, that's when Abdul said... Oh, what am I talking about? If he thinks I'm going to fall for this baloney... your wish, mother? Huh? Who said that?
3: What is your
2: wish, Master? Cupers, there's nobody here except me and, and this little genie. Did, did it? Could it? Stand your wish, Master, and it will be granted. The lizards. It, it talks.
1: Eyes fairly popping from his head, Jimmy Olson stares incredulously at the tiny figure of the genie on Clark Kent's desk, which has apparently spoken to him requesting his wish. Well, a great many things, amazing things, happen from now on, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen tomorrow and every day as Jimmy, Superman, and their friends encounter experiences such as they have never had before in The Secret of the Genie on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a transcribed, copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Stay tuned for
0: Adventure Parade. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.